0: right time to use reference material versus your own sense of guidance like guiding off of your own senses versus pulling up a track a composer a score or whatever that, that you want to like base things off of when should you do what and like what's your process for using reference yep. material when you stop when you use it any of that
1: it seems like the way you're you're posing the question is almost in a way of um efficiency versus originality. Yeah maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um so I would say I'm at default listening to no reference material. So my goal is to listen to nothing. Um but generally there will be things that come up in my head that i hear from other tracks and and part of when i listen to reference material is to make sure i'm not totally copying it to mm. make sure that mine is is not just like the same as that that i hear in my head it's usually not so it's it ends up being a good kind of confirmation but i usually use it basically for the other Part that you pose the efficiency it's if I get stuck I might as well I, I get tons of ideas from listening to something and by me not listening to anything until I feel like I need to it's like um, just building up to receive all the information so once I finally do listen to a reference material I'm like oh that 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 I could do that I could do that and then I just go back and I can do another extended period of time without it I, I don't and and i'm talking primarily here about like orchestral writing um it's pretty i mean it is helpful right to listen to reference material um
0: what about in any other part of the process like your pre-writing process before you composed any okay or once you've written the majority of it and now you're Doing things like filling out, mm-hmm. you know, instrumentation, or even in the like mix stage, what's your reference material yeah. there? So I,
1: I sure, yeah, I'd say the the biggest reference would be beforehand, right? Okay. Before I'm working on a track, before I've even necessarily identified what the specific track is, but more on a, like a project basis. Okay. So if I'm writing for a certain um, setting, I'll listen to a ton of music from that setting, and what I try to do generally is find. A couple tracks that I just love that fit the setting, and then try to identify what it is about those tracks that I prefer to the other ones. Um, because in general, I'm just trying to write music that I like, right? I, I really am writing for my own ears because if I tried not to, to write for anybody else's, that would be just lost, right? It, so I write for my ears and try to make it good from everything I know. Yeah. Um, so I try to figure out what about those pieces makes them stand out to me. Is it the rhythm? Is it the energy? Is it the tempo? Is it the way that they use harmonies? Is it like the tonality? What about this is really capturing my attention? And just listen to it on repeat again and again and again, in some tangentially related s- tracks too, and just get it so worked into my brain that I feel like uh, on a, almost an intuitive level, I start, start to understand the flow like for example of a star wars battle track right i'll listen to a few that i pinpoint like i just that captures what i love about this music and i listen to it again and again and then it starts to internalize in my head the feeling of oh this should go to the next part now and and it's not uh it's really almost a form um a form like a, a way of learning form from that, the type of intuiting. And the second part that I would listen to the most is in the that later part of the orchestration process. When I feel like there's some gaps and I'm really looking for something similar that may be using some instrument choices that I haven't thought of. So, you know, if there's I'm like there's kind of a gap in the in the high mids here. I, I want to fill out something in the harmony. Let's see, I've tried using the horn. That doesn't quite work. Let me listen through. And a lot of the times, it actually has me write less when I listen to references. Mm. So it more often than not makes me think, oh, I guess something doesn't need to be there because they did this and there's nothing there. So actually, it's fine. I'm not going to try to fill up everything Um, because this is something I'll realize things like, oh this will be fixed once i mix it like it's not going to be mm. this huge lacking thing and it's i don't think oh we'll fix it in the mix that's not my thought process it's just like once it th- once it's at the end product yeah. it's will be okay to have some space you know interesting yeah and, and it's again, don't wait to mix to fix it. Yeah. If you're writing orchestral <laughs> music, you should fix it in the orchestration. So that, I, I that's not m- my point.
0: No matter what music you're writing, you should fix it in the arrangement and yeah. the orchestration. Yeah. Um, even if it's like a metal tune or <laughs> like EDM, what, like you should fix it in when you're writing the song. Yeah.
1: Don't fix it in the mix. I do um, want to make one more point yeah. I thought of. The reason I don't like to listen to it during the actual composition process is because I feel like the decades of music I've listened to and internalized is a better guide than me trying to theoretically copy and paste or rework something about another piece from the start. I think my music flows much more naturally and works a lot better in the end. If that beginning stages, I just, I'm not listening to stuff. I'm just writing it and using, you know, singing through it or just feeling where it needs to go next. Because it's, I think it's just so many years of practice without, you know, subconscious practice.
0: One of the very first pieces of advice I got at Berkeley, I was having like a major creative blockage and I emailed my professor. I was like, you know, I really look up to your creativity and and all this stuff and I feel like I'm totally out of place because I'm trying to write music and I hate it all and I feel like I can't be creative and I have all these creative assignments and then it's just not coming. And he recommended a couple of things. One, uh, oh shoot, I'm going to blank on the artist's name. There's an artist who came up with basically this deck of cards of creativity exercises and there'll be things like, Take the main thing away. Or listen to the, the something you love and copy it. Or like it, it's just a big deck of cards basically of creative exercises. And he gave me a list of things like that. And one of them that stuck out to me was to do a sound alike project for something you love. And so I picked the tune, um <laughs> I picked a really weird one. It was where Bluebirds Fly by Radiohead. It's this like weird deep cut from them. Mm. Uh, it's, it's very strange, but I learned a couple of cool techniques from it. Like, uh, and we can talk about this another time, <laughs> but like using a um, down sampling, like lo fi type plugin on drums to manufacture artifacts that sound cool. Mm-hmm. You can get this, like, poink, 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 in your kick drum, and it's, like, this really cool... Se- anyway, all right, I'm getting off track. But the point of, of what I'm trying to say is one thing I got from him was okay to explore stuff that you like, to, to kindle your creativity, and to get stuff out of it, And once I started doing that, I felt like my creativity flowed. So now part of my process is almost always for every track that I'm working on, gathering reference material, Mm -hmm. especially if it's for a client. I want to know, what do you listen to? Like, yes, you are asking me to create this song like this, but what do you like to listen to? Because if I create it exactly like what you want and it sounds a little different, and it doesn't sound like stuff you're used to listening to, you're not going to like it even if it's good, because it's not what you're expecting. It's not what you're used to. So anyway, for client-type work, reference material, for me, is key to getting the sound right in every stage. Pre-writing, writing, writing, mixing, uh, you know, and anywhere in between. Yeah. For my own creative stuff, I think that I kind of bounce around. I like to, you know, there's that phrase... You know, all artists borrow. Great artists steal. Hey, yeah, and I think that's totally true. I like to find something I really like and steal the minimum viable amount. Mm. So, like, I'll go to a track. I'll be you know stuck on something, or I'll want to put a part in a track, and I'll go to a reference track and just pick out like something very little, and it can be something like the tone of a guitar or the rhythm of a kick. Mm-hmm. And I will steal two beats of it, two beats of the kick rhythm, or three beats of the kick rhythm, or you know, like I said, the tone of the guitar, and or you know, one note from a solo, or you know, just like the yeah. absolute bare minimum, and then go somewhere completely different with it. So that really, it's not even stealing at that point. It's just using that as a jumping off point, and then often I'll get something really cool from it. And whether I keep the original thing that I you know quote unquote stole or not. It doesn't even matter at that point because I got some creativity out of it. Yeah. The one place where I would say to be really careful is mixing because I think that there are a couple of things that happen. If most of the time you listen to music on your headphones and you're using your intuition for mixing and you go to mix not in those same headphones... You're going to create a mix that on your speakers sounds like the mix you're used to hearing in your headphones. Mm. And then you'll go to listen to it in those headphones, and it won't be the same. It'll be exaggerated. Yeah. So, like, if your headphones have a bump at 2K, you're going to mix where you're used to hearing that bump at 2K. All your mixes are going to have that bump at 2K because you're used to hearing it. And then you go put it in your headphones, and it's, like, exaggerated. And you're like, wait, how did I not hear that? What's going on? You go back to your speakers and you won't hear it because you're not used to listening on your speakers. Yeah. You have to, you have to listen in your listening environment to enough reference material that your intuition gets tuned. That's a double edged sword because you also don't want to mix specifically to reference material because then you can get, you can get caught off track and You might have good intuitions about your music because it's different than someone else's music and you're gonna hear things. And when you're trying to reference mix off of something, you can confuse yourself, you can go down rabbit holes that mess up your mix in a way that feels unrecoverable. You can do all sorts of things that are not good for your music. Mm -hmm. I think at that point, unless you're stuck or you're looking for some specific thing, it's time to ditch the reference material while you're in your session, mm-hmm. moving faders, or if you're going to go back to reference material, like close your session, don't move the faders anymore. Otherwise you're playing a dangerous game. Unless you, I mean, if you really know what you're doing, then <laughs> like do your thing. I don't know why you're taking my advice, but
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing. It's like whenever, whenever you get, people get to a certain level, it's almost like all the advice is thrown out and yes yeah. you know what you're doing. You yeah. Good. <laughs> Whatever. <Well>, so <laughs> no, totally, that would
0: be my advice for like, you know, entry level to intermediate mixing stuff. Like basically from where I started to where I am now, that's mm-hmm. my advice. If you're above my level, like, I don't know, give, please give me advice. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I, I agree. And I think that's interesting that about mixing and not getting too... Um, and, and I think that's why I, I don't listen to it during that early composing process for the same reason. I don't want it to get pulled in the direction of something else... That when I have a handle on what it as is at the core, you know it it gets into more when I'm more confused, I think, and I'm looking for specific things that I find it useful, but it did bring up the idea of something you said of uh I don't just have music as reference material, I use art like oh, physical yeah. art constantly yeah i I use that if you watch my live composing streams, I pull it up every you know every fifteen minutes and just look at it. And that gives me all the information I need to know. Usually, like I, it's interesting because I I use that all the time to, in a, in a way I think people do for um, audio yeah. references. But for me, just seeing a picture like the track I'm working on now, got kind of this whirlwind around the character, and it's in the in the forest, and there's bones and branches, and um, there's just so much there that indicates to me instruments indicates rhythm indicates the overall mass of sound i i get so much from that and i try to stay true to the to the picture mm-hmm. so if i'm trying to ask answer a question i have musically i first look back to the source material which is the art and that gets around the um kind of the problems of trying not to like borrow things i don't want to borrow or or kind of mesh what I've done with somebody else's because it's, because it's in two different mediums, it doesn't allow for that to happen. There's no way I can, if if I straight up copy the art in my music, then I did a good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I totally just copy and pasted somebody else's music into my music, that'd be just copying. <laughs> right. Like, that's plagiarism. It, exactly. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's almost like I'm able to just take, word for word the image and put it into the music without any of the negatives. Yeah. Um, So I, I find that supremely helpful and that. I mean, honestly, that's how I write everything. Yeah. I, I, and I think once I started doing that, my music got significantly better. Yeah. Like I'm thinking back to a time I started doing that at some point late in college. And right around that time, my music got so much better. And it was when I started working off of visuals whether it was, you know, game um, scenes or uh, art or film uh, clips, it just gave me so much material to work with. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool.